Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Okay, I'm reading from 1 Timothy here, uh, chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. It says, Do not waste your time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. That's verse 7. Sorry, guys, didn't give you verse 7. That tricked you. Um, up the back. Verse 8 says, Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. So the title of our series now is CrossFit. Who's heard of CrossFit, the exercise thingy-me-bob? They are, are a, a movement that, has a, that started in Seattle in 2000, had uh, a gym over there. Now they've got over 13,000 gyms worldwide doing the CrossFit method. And it's a, um, they use multiple disciplines. What's going on? CrossFit torture, that's right. Uh, multiple disciplines, multiple areas. They, they use a bit of high-intensity uh, interval training with Olympic weightlifting and powerlifting and gymnastics and all, a whole bunch of, a whole wide range of things in order to keep shocking your body so you don't know what's coming next and you stay fit that way. And we are using that as a, an analogy to look at a series on having spiritual disciplines and exercises in our lives. And so for us, CrossFit has a different meaning. It means being fit at the foot of the cross. It means being fit as a believer. It means being cross-fit. It means being full of the cross, so full that we're fit on the inside. Because we can be looking pretty good on the outside. We can do all this exercise and, and stay fit. Melanie and I are, are, are keen exercise nuts. We do at least five days a week of exercise. But you can look good on the outside, but the question is, how does the inner man, the inner, inner person look? Is it a sort of a, you know, shrunken little, shriveled little, can't lift anything sort of creature? Or is it a big, fat, sort of obese, you know, I've just been eating so much stuff, I've been going to conferences and conferences and conferences, and I'm full up with stuff, but I can't actually do much. What does it look like on the inside of us? And uh, we want us to be cross-fit. We want this month for us to focus on getting fit. We're getting in our... Summer is approaching. We've got to look good in our spiritual bikinis. (laughs) And uh, I know which guys wear spiritual bikinis. Our board shorts is appropriate. Um, No mankinis. Now... Uh, some people think, well, you know, uh, I will spend a lot of time exercising or I understand the concept that when I play guitar or uh, an instrument, I've got to spend a lot of time training to get to a level of achievement and success. It makes sense. If I want to learn a language, it, it takes a lot of time to do that. If, in fact, if I want to be successful and high, a high achiever in anything, I need to spend time honing my skills sharpening the blade and keeping the blade sharp. I just can't go to university and then that's it. I need to be constantly upgrading my skills, constantly working at it. Certainly in physical fitness, I've got to keep going back every few days at least and just keep going, keep sharpening it up. 
if you want to stay fit. And yet sometimes we as Christians think, well, it doesn't, that doesn't apply to faith. It doesn't apply to my spiritual world. I can just sort of float along and God's grace will cover it. That's not the Bible teaching. Have a look at this in Philippians 2, verses 12 and 13. Paul says here, Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you, and now that I'm away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. And this is an amazing mystery. What part is God's part and what part is our part? Paul is saying, just make sure you do your part and God is going to do his part. He's not saying, just take it easy and, and just relax and never do anything. Our salvation is a gift, but the fruits of our salvation are up to us. We need to work hard to get them going. We can't sit back and just wait for something to happen. We actually have to get up on the front foot. I'm going to do something about this. I'm going to be taking some charge of my situation. We see here that God is in us. And he's working in us to give you the desire to do this. There's a part inside of you, if you're a believer right now, there's a part inside of you that's saying, yeah, I need, to, I need to get up, I need to do something, I need to do that. That's God saying to you, come on, come on. He's the mentor, he's the coach, he's the one standing beside us when we're exercising our faith and saying, come on, you can do this, you can do this, come on, you can go. And he also gives us the power to do it. So we don't just say, oh, it's just something I'd like to do. It's something I can do. I can actually get up and I can do something about this but we have to do it. It's the same as, as, uh, as having a weights bench, bench in the garage and having a window that opens and having a, uh, a tap that runs water and a pantry that's full of food. You can't just sit at the dining room table and expect it all to happen. You've got to get up, you've got to go to the window, open the window, and then you will feel the breeze. You've got to go to the pantry and you've got to take the food and then consume it. You've got to go to the sink, turn on the tap, and then you can drink. You've got to go out and use the equipment. And it's the same with us with our spiritual exercises. We we need these are things that we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks that position us to open the window and feel the grace of God blowing into us. We go into the pantry and we take out some of the word of God and we eat it, we consume it, and we position ourselves to hear from God. We go out into the world and we exercise, uh, we lift weight, we, we, we speak about God and we feel God's grace on us as we do that. God wants believers who are out doing something. Who, we're not going to get cross-fit by doing nothing. We've got The Bible says, work hard to show the fruit of your salvation. You won't see it if you don't work it. And uh, Jesus is into spiritual exercise. In fact, you read things that he said, he's quite extreme. Uh, he says in Luke nine twenty three, he said to the crowd, if anyone wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me. And that follow me means walk with me, walk the way I walk. He said to each of his disciples, follow me. That meant I want you to walk with me. And so here I am, I'm a disciple of Jesus. And I'm walking with him, I'm walking beside him, I'm trying to keep up with him because he walked quite quickly. And then we're going over here, we're feeding 5,000 people and then the people are still here but Jesus has gone over here. Where are we going God? 
aren't these 5,000 people, you need to stay and do some stuff. He says, no, I've got some other people. And the whole role of a disciple is to follow where the leader goes. The first Christians were called the disciples. They were the 12 disciples. And a disciple is somebody who adopts the values and the behaviors and the walking pace and the direction of a leader, of the person that they're following. And that's our role. I want to follow you, Jesus. And the thing with Jesus, he's given us a Holy Spirit who guides us, and it's a step-by-step thing. We've got to stay with him. Stay where are we going now, God? What are we doing today, God? He wants us to follow him. Follow me. Walk this way. Walk in my steps. Are we still open? Is the flower still open to the sun? Okay, good. What is Jesus' advice? You know, if, you, if you're able to boil it all down, and this is kind of the introductory thing for our whole uh, focus on being cross-fit, is that if you boil it all down to the core, because how many of you know that you've got to strengthen your core? If, if your core is not strong, you're going to get a backache. You're going to find it hard eventually just to even sit at work, let alone stand. You need a strong core to do gardening in the garden, and you need a strong core to, to ride a bike. The core of our body is extremely important. We need the core for the basics. You need just to be able to tie your shoelace without any pain. As someone at my age, you need to be able to strengthen your core up until this point. I don't have trouble tying my shoelaces, darling, by the way, so don't worry. Um, so what is the core? Well, you, you, you go to the very core, and Jesus said, this is the central thing. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. That's the core. That's the core. Boil it all down, love. It's really interesting that uh, the whole of Christianity is boiled down to such a subjective emotional term as love. He, Jesus doesn't say, okay, boil it all down, and you've got to read the Bible every day. No, no, you boil it all down, you've got to have love. You've got to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. It's not about how often we go and pray or how often we do anything. It's all about how much we love Him, how much we rejoice in Him. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice if we are full of the joy and the love of God, everything else, all this stuff will come naturally. We'll be, we'll be just desiring Him because the, as we delight in Him, the Bible says, everything else falls into place. The core. How is your core? If our core is not strong, we're going to have back pain. We're going to find uh, pain as a believer. We're going to have pain. If our core is not strong, if our love is weak, we're going to find even the basics hard to do. If our, if our love, our core is weak, we're going to find it very hard just to even get up in the morning and deal with the issues of life. Strengthen your core. Strengthen your core. How do you do that? Love God. Love God more. Just love Him. Just love Him more. John Piper, American minister, says this, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him and as we delight ourselves in the lord as we find our satisfaction in him as we, as we love him and, and and that core gets healed god starts to 
live in us in ways we don't expect. You know, because Jesus is not interested in superficial, external, behavioral, willpower changes. It's not a matter of, I'm going to get up and pray for two hours every morning. The Pharisees were very good at that. They loved external changes. Right, we've got to, now we've got to tithe. Oh, I haven't been tithing my chewing gum. I've got to try it. If I tithe my chewing gum, that's going to bring me closer to God. No, no, Jesus said that's, that's external willpower, behavior, superficial Christianity. The core is all about love. It's all about love and joy, joy in the Holy Ghost. Willpower Christianity does not have the power. It, Jesus didn't go to the cross just because he said, I'm going to do this. The Bible says, for the joy set before him. He said, I can go through this because I can see that. And that's the sort of core that we need. We have such a core of joy in the Lord and, I, and rejoicing in God that I can go through a troop, I can leap over a wall because he's with me. He'll never leave me or, or forsake me. When you read about the martyrs of the faith from years ago, and even today, the Christian martyrs in some parts of the world, they go through it because why would I deny him? He is the core of my life. He is the reason and the motivation for everything in me. My wife endured a lot of things because of the joy of being able to marry me. <laughs> she endured incredible fashion sense. Uh, yeah, like, uh, what is this, sort of aqua, there was turquoise blue shorts, uh, white socks, long white socks, you know, things that I look back with pride. <laughs> I say, that's me. Now, there have been some... As well as clothing, it disappeared after we got married. There were some photographs that have disappeared since as well. But she had a great joy. She knew that she could spend time with someone who had a, a heart buried in amongst all that fashion somewhere. And uh, we, go, we go through things when we know there's joy. A, 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 a mum goes through the pain of pregnancy knowing that the great joy is about to happen. It's going to be awesome. It's worth it. If you don't have joy, you do not have God. If you don't have love of God and a joy in the Lord, you don't have real Christianity. You have an appearance of it. C.S. Lewis said this, The sweetest thing in all my life has been the longing, the aching, to find the place where all the beauty came from. You know, we're surrounded by beautiful things. You can think of the most beautiful things in our world. Uh, as spring comes out, it's beautiful. See the life come, the smells, the fragrances start to come. All those things that are beautiful to us, all those things that touch us in our heart, they're all made by somebody who knows what beauty is. It's one of the great evidences for God is that there is so much beauty in the world. Someone made that. And someone made us to appreciate it. Someone made us desiring it. He, they all are just arrows pointing to the maker of beauty. And so C.S. Lewis, whenever he saw beautiful things and had beautiful things, you read his uh, awesome autobiography, um, 
surprised by joy. He, to- he calls them joy moments where he's just hit by something that's joyful. It just amazing. makes him, gives him a feeling of joy and it points him to the author of joy who is going to be the object of our desire for all eternity. That's the core. I'm talking about the core. I'm talking about loving God and knowing that he's the, he's the one we're aching for. He's the one we're longing for. He's the one we desire. He's the object of all that we long for and everything we ache for in our deepest moments. He's the one. And he is enough. Jesus doesn't tell us to serve God, to uh, fear God as our core. All of that's part of it. But his, the core is to love God. God says, delight in God. All other desires will come to you if you love and delight in God. So I've got a thing that I'd like here. You've got something you desire. You've got a, a situation you'd like to change and see that turned around. You'd like, you've got a, a, a person you'd like to marry or a, a situation that's going on or a, a, a dream or a goal or a vision. God says that the way to get that is by loving him and delighting in him. As we delight in him, somehow he brings that about. Jesus says, love God with all our hearts. He starts with hearts. He does not start with mind. You know, the devil's mind is extremely smart. He knows all of the Bible, inside out, back to front. His theology is very accurate. He knows the truth about God. But it's been of no value to him because he does not delight in God. He does not love God. He does not want God. He does not rejoice in God. So all the Bible knowledge is nothing if you do not delight in God, if you don't love him and have a heart for him. And Jesus says, love God with all your heart. With all your heart, that's all our motivations, all our reasons, all our purposes, all our dreams and goals. That's our heart. All our intentions. The Holy Spirit separates our our intentions. He knows what's going on in our heart. And so we love him. Let's do a cross-check today. How's your heart? How are your dreams and your intentions and your purposes and your visions and your goals? Let's mix them all in with the love of God. God, the things that I desire are nothing compared to my love for you. Bring up the things in my heart that you want there to grow. I I submit them all to you. I I, I cast my crown before you. I cast my, my deepest wishes to you because I love you so much. Do we love him with all our heart? Let's do a cross-check on our soul. Our soul is all about our feelings. Feelings come and feelings go. And uh, we can be sad today and angry tomorrow. We can be happy now and then annoyed with somebody tomorrow. We can be confused. And yet the Bible says to love God with all of our feelings. We take our feelings. God, I'm feeling sad right now. I'm feeling confused right now. But you know what? I love you so much that I just trust you in this situation. And I just submit all of these feelings to you right now. This anger that I'm feeling, Lord, I know that far beyond the anger that I'm feeling right now is my love for you. And I just thank you that your love for me just calms me down. So I I love you with all of my feelings. And then we move to mind. Love God with all our mind. Then we start to be 
uh, in a place where we can even hear the Bible. When our heart and our soul are loving God. And then we can start to transform, be transformed by the renewing of our mind. The devil never was because his heart and soul were not in it. And then we submit our mind to God, all our thoughts. God, I'm prepared to let everything that I believe drop to the floor and adopt whatever you want me to believe. And that's the attitude that we bring to the Bible. Speak to me, God. Change me. I want to be your follower. I want to think your thoughts and I want to think your, your, uh, speak your words and have your heart. We cross-check our thoughts. We cross-check our mind. And we allow for God to change our mind. The Bible is still relevant today. It doesn't matter when people say that science has proved this or uh, now this. The Bible's old-fashioned. The Bible has been old-fashioned for, for a long time because some things that are old are really good. You know, love is always going to be good. And that's been around for a while. You know, patience has been around as, an, as a virtue for a long time. It's always going to be a good one. Just because something is new doesn't make it better. You cross-check it with the Bible. And we love God with all our strength, our body, every part of our body. God, I submit my hands to you. These hands, I want to bring the touch of God to people's lives. These arms, let me embrace people the way Jesus would embrace people. These ears, I want to hear your words and I want to uh, speak your words and and I want to take in into these eyes and into my mouth the the things you want me to take in. And This whole body is yours, God. I want to love you with my whole body. All my intimate parts are for your glory only, not for my personal satisfaction. It's it's a thing that, God, we submit to you out of love for you. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au. We hope to see you in church again this weekend.